Welcome to the School of Higher Consciousness. I am your host, Dr. Gina, and in this school, we will be exploring the parts of life we didn't learn in actual school. The stuff that matters. The stuff that helps you heal and live a more dropped-in, vulnerable, and authentic life. I invite that higher version of you to join me in this podcast as we demystify and normalize truths in our world that often live in the shadow. All right, let's do this. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode on the School of Higher Consciousness. My name is Dr. Gina and today we are finishing up our human design series that I started back in June. So if you're new to this whole human design thing, make sure you check out episode 14, which is the basic foundation understanding of this entire human design system. And then you can listen to all the different episodes in there. And we're going to end it here with our manifesting generator aura type, which is to me the most mysterious auric type that exists out there. I still feel like I'm like, trying to find these commonalities within the manifesting generator profile type all the other types I feel like I have this like deeper understanding of how they operate and like I feel it in my body but with manifesting generators I still they're almost a little bit more elusive to me even more elusive than reflectors for some reason I don't know what it is and the only thing I can say about that is that I think They are a little bit more, I won't say shape-shifting. It's just they're all designed so differently. I think there's more of a variety between how their profiles show up. And so sometimes they can feel more manifestor-ish. Sometimes they can feel more generator-ish. Sometimes they can even feel more projector-ish. And so it elicits a different response in me depending on which manifesting generator I'm operating with or interacting with, I should say. And... The one commonality that I feel is super consistent between all manifesting generators is this like zest for life. They have this like sparkle in their eye and they can do so many things and they're not like burnt out by it. It's kind of amazing. They can get a little scattered in their energy, but they can handle a lot. So those are the commonalities that I feel. So I'm curious if you have manifesting generators in your life or if you know of a few and you can kind of reflect on what does seem like similar between all these people, let me know. DM me, find me on Instagram or email me. I've linked all my information in the show notes. I'd love to hear like what you think kind of is a commonality between all of them. Even though we're going to go down like what the internet says about manifesting generators. And then you're definitely going to hear from Sarah today, Sarah Alnoon. She's a manifesting generator herself. She's been coaching manifesting generators. She has a very successful online business. Um, and her information is is great. It has nothing to do with the information out there. It's just how I feel about the manifesting generators in my life. They just all elicit a different response from me. Whereas like projectors cultivate like a different vibe or bring that out in me and generators too and manifestors are very unpredictable but they're predictably unpredictable so I think that's maybe what it is is manifesting generators are so much less predictable to me than the other types okay so let's go into the um just this a quick synopsis about manifesting generators before we hear from sarah and we, sh- I share our interview that we had. Um, so manifesting generators are first and fo- foremost a generator, but they're also a manifester, but they're primarily a generator because they have this sacral energetic battery. It's the second shape up on the body graph. It's defined and you have this direct ability to connect into your gut to see if something feels right for you. So when you tune into your body, you're able to get this like expansion feeling if something feels like it's an opportunity that you should chase after, you should go for, or a contraction feeling, which is definitely like a no, like, hey, let's hold off on this, or it's a not yet. Um, And so that's why you are primarily a generator because you have this very powerful 
life force battery that exists within you that you get to tune into. And you do have to wait for opportunities to come to you before you interact with them, um, before you use your manifestor energy. So the thing that makes you more of a manifestor is that you have this motorized throat chakra. So which means it's the third shape down on your body graph that's colored in. And it's connected to a motor center in the chart, which is either your solar plexus, your root, or your will center. And why it's unique is that it's motorized. So your ideas, your voice has a little bit more of a punch to it. It has a little bit more power to it when you are in that creative zone. So let's say you're brainstorming within a work environment and you get an idea and you share that idea. You don't have to wait for somebody to say, what do you think about it? It's like share that idea. And with that comes a little bit more of a sparkly nature to that idea. Um, some people say the manifestor voice, that motorized throat, is almost connected to divine. And so these ideas that are coming through you are really like channeled ideas is what they say. So definitely never stifle that voice when it feels like it's coming through, whether it's at this creative voice or if it's like you feel you need to share something. Um, let that out. Um, and it is different than people who have a defined center and they're just... a I shouldn't say just a generator, but if they're a generator or a projector, their voice is heard differently. I'll just say that. I definitely have to say this. It doesn't make you better. It's just what makes you a manifesting generator. It's just different. Okay. The other things that make you a manifesting generator is that you are able to multitask. I know that the brain sciences are saying like multitasking doesn't exist. Well, that might be true on some levels, but there's something about the manifesting generator that's a, that allows you to juggle more projects and do it well compared to other types. So you can run a business and work for someone and have a very like active family life and do it all well. And technically, when you're doing only one, you might feel a little bit bored and that light in you starts to dim a little bit. So multitasking in some ways is good. Um, juggling too many things in that scattered energy can happen within the manifesting generator profile type. And that's where um, you want to note it, like create an awareness of is this scattered or is this me feeling that I have multi many projects happening that I feel um, are still progressing because if you're feeling stuck, like you're just spinning your wheels, that's when you got to stop, slow down, back up, and then reprioritize kind of how you want to use that energy is kind of how I see it. You're very efficient, productive, energetic. You have dedication to the things that you're doing. And I think that has something to do with that um, creative connection to that motorized throat energy. Um, because I believe manifestors and manifesting generators, they have this passion to their interests. So when you're interested in something as a manifesting generator or a manifester, it's that's your like the motor that's really going to help you get to that follow through. And so with manifesting generators is if you're starting to feel like pittered out in that purpose or that excitement or that passion, you may need to pivot because wait for that creative excitement and that um, dedication to come back. Um, and when it's not there, maybe just need to pivot it a little bit. Like ask yourself, how can I change this so I keep that creative power behind my actions happening? Um, I talked about the similarities between the generators and the manifestors. You have a couple challenge. They say that manifesting generators, um, they're similar to manifestors in that they don't like to be interrupted. So they can take on their projects, put their head down, be in their own um, process. And then when somebody comes in and maybe wants to know a little bit about how you're doing something, it's like there's a disconnect between the pro your process and that person. So you can feel slowed down or annoyed that these people kind of want to know what you're doing. It's like, well, let me just finish it. Like you can be in your bubble. <laughs> so recognizing that that's part of how your energy operates and whether or not you want to create 
a world, a, a life, a job that can allow that more. Or if you can't, well, then know that that's a challenge for you and you're going to have to find a way to kind of work with the people around you and um, allow, maybe just inform them, hey, uh, this is my process. I'll tell you my the best I can after I'm done doing it, Do you, you know, and being respectful about it. But that can really feel like annoying to them when they're slowed down from their process. Another challenge can be that they sometimes can skip steps. So they can um, go so fast into something that they skip a major step. They oftentimes do go back to it though. But if you recognize you're not going back to it, you got to reevaluate that or bring other people in to help you. Um, the last thing I'm going to speak to here before we dive into our interview is that sleep is really important for you. But to get a good restful sleep, you have to understand that you have to run your battery dry. You wake up with a full 100% battery, run it to zero, exercise every day. Cardio is really helpful for manifesting generators. And then before bed, read, drain that final little percent of battery before you doze off to sleep because then you'll have a really restful sleep. And the difference is for like manifestors or projectors or reflectors who do not have that battery in that same way. Um, if you are exercising every day and like kind of draining your battery too much, and I shouldn't say ex- just exercise, but draining your battery too much, you actually will have a restless sleep. So that's just kind of the differences between the different auric types. All right. I think that's a pretty good rundown of the manifesting generator type. I hope you really enjoy my interview with Sarah all noon. I think she's fantastic. She runs a very successful online business. She's done so much with human design over the years. So her information is really grounded in her own reflections and takeaways over the years. All right. It's time for us to meet Sarah all noon. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here with me today. I have been interested in human design for, I don't know, a few years now. And when I found out that my husband was a manifesting generator, my mom was a manifesting generator, I wanted to know all of the things so that I could have the best relationships with these manifesting generators in my life. So I was referred to you as the manifesting generator expert. So I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. Thank you so much, Gina, for having me and for giving me an opportunity to to share about manifesting generators. I feel like I love being an MG, but there's a lot of like different um, information going around about us. So I think it'll be fun to dive in. Yes. As like a manifesting generator expert, so to speak, what are some of the knowings that have come up for you about manifesting generators that you've kind of noticed that necessarily haven't been like published or you read in just the traditional human design manifesting generator information? Like what are those knowings that you're kind of like, huh, I noticed this in my work and, you know, you could maybe even be birthing some of these concepts. Mm -hmm. Mm, that's an excellent question. Um, I feel like, so I'm sure there's many things. And one thing that's really coming up for me is more around, there's different things that are being said about manifesting generators. So there's kind of like two schools almost, I would say. And what's been interesting is in my experiment. um, And I think we're always experimenting with human design, which is really cool. But I've felt like I resonated more with one approach now than I have with one. So it's basically around, um, there's one school that kind of says that we're hybrids and that we're like a cross between generators and manifestors, which is the first thing I've heard and that we are supposed to inform and we can initiate, but we also have to respond. So that was a bit confusing to me at first, but I did try that approach and experimented with it. And right now what I'm, well, in the past year, I would say what I've come back to is that that actually leads me to more frustration than anything else. So I don't really resonate with that approach anymore, that being a hybrid. And I really just find that we are a subtype of generator. So I know it doesn't exactly answer the question, but that's more like, from my own experiment, how I've 
related to that. Um, and I can go deeper into this later, of course. That's one thing. And the other thing I think is that um, we're all so complex and, and uh, multidimensional and there's always so many layers. And what's interesting is that a lot of people in the past thought that I was a projector. I don't know why exactly, but I think it's because I need a lot of maybe time alone and I uh, can kind of also see things like in people. And, and I would say I've been, I've been guiding people in a sense. Um, so what's interesting there is that it's, there's so many layers, right? So it's often we see like the type is the first thing. It's the first, it's the entry point into human design often. And actually there's so many layers and it goes so deep and, and it helps to start somewhere, of course, but we're all again, so, so intricate and it's beautiful to kind right. of go there. So again, that's maybe something that doesn't quite answer the question, but just knowing that there's so many layers and we can resonate with some things of the, of the type that we are, but then again, not everything and it's okay. And we're allowed to kind of experiment with it and, and see what really lands with us. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. You say that off the bat, because I had just told my friend, I'm no human design expert, but I play with my interpretation of the charts, right? Oh. And one of my dear best friends is a manifesting generator and she knows nothing about human design. And right before I hopped on this call, I was like, you're a blend between everything you just said that you've realized <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like you're a man, you're a manifester and you're a generator, but you're more a generator and you still have to, yeah, like everything you just said is what I told her. So let's actually unpack that a little bit um, sure. into what, yeah, you actually would say to somebody who just found out that they're a manifesting generator, how would you say that their energy type operates and, um, what the, what it even means to be a generator versus a manifesting generator, uh, versus, yeah. a, versus a manifester. So we'll just kind of reverse engineer this. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, something before we go into that, um, I think some people will really resonate with being a blend of both. So it's not like, it's not right or wrong. And I feel like that's my approach to anything. It's like, there's no black or white in, in human design. It's not right or wrong. It's just like how you interpret it, right? So yeah. going back to your question, um, the first thing I think that we can look at is the aura, right? So every type has an aura um, and generators and manifesting generators share the same aura, which is open and enveloping. So it's kind of like this warm aura that pulls things and people to you if you're an MG or a generator. And the difference with manifestors is that, and I know this doesn't sound so nice. <laughs> you probably, you know what I'm going to say. I know but exactly what you're going to say. But I'll go a little bit deeper. And it's it's always like this with human design. It's like repelling. It's repelling. It's a <laughs> repelling and, and kind of clo not close, but yeah, repelling aura. Mm -hmm. But the reason for this is that manifestors, you need time to create and be in your space. So you have to be able to kind of not let everyone in, right? And I'm sure you can, I'm not a manifester, but I'm sure you can relate to that on yeah, some level. Yeah. And so that's why as a manifester, you need to then be able to inform and initiate because that aura is kind of like repelling people in a sense, uh, because you need that space to create. And then you have to go out and, and inform and also stabilize the energy and all that. Whereas with a aura that's more like enveloping and open and like brings people in, to me, there's no need really to then go out and, you know, inform and, and the energy is kind of things are already coming to us. So that's one of the main difference if we were to look at it from that perspective of generators, manifesting generators as like a big type and then the difference with manifestors. Then if we go deeper into this, um, generators and manifesting generators do have differences, right? So the main thing that they share is the aura the strategy as well, which is to respond, right? So to 
respond to life, to respond to things that are coming to us, that's something we have in common. Then the difference is that generators are really here to be the builders and build from the ground up and be, I kind of like to see them as grounded and um, and they take their time to you know develop mastery right so there's also this process of surges of mastery and then plateaus which generators go through and yeah they're just really here to become kind of masterful at what they do and really know themselves and do what brings them joy all of the things the difference with manifesting generators is that we're like not going to be taking our time to develop all the steps and really do the research before we dive into things. We're like more of the express builders in a sense where we'll go faster and we'll skip steps and we won't be as thorough in our research and, and in the beginning, but that's kind of how we operate. We go fast. We yeah, we skip the steps and sometimes we have to go back to them later. <laughs> That's the kind of the problem sometimes. Um, and then we shift a lot more as well. We tend to just like do something for a while and then we want to do something else and we need more variety and things like that. So that's, I guess, a big difference between generators and MGs. So mm. I don't know, was there any uh, the, the part of the question that I missed? Or No, uh, I think that that that's a good introduction for the next, the next question. So when you first found out that you were a manifesting generator, did that change how you kind of moved into your days or how you observed your own energy and your own flow? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so when I first found out, I think it, um, didn't make sense right away, but then it did. And then it validated a lot of the things I knew about myself, like wanting to like change and shift often. And Mm -hmm. I think also not conforming so much and and not having a linear path. Mm -hmm. That's definitely been part of my journey and doing all the things and all of that. So I think it really helped validate that. So something, and that's the case with human design often is that Mm -hmm. it's, not necessarily going to tell you things that you don't already know about yourself. It's more like giving you the vocabulary to explain it and, and validating it for you, which I really like. And then obviously it's all about experimenting. So yeah, at first it was really just that confirmation and gave me permission to really embrace that and to embrace just like trying things. And then shifting and I've shifted a lot um, in my life and in my business and I just embrace it now so yeah did you used to judge yourself for the shifting and then after you embodied more of the manifesting generator teachings did that change the judgment that you put on yourself or did you never really have that judgment in the first place when you were shifting and because sometimes I can see this talked about as like people perceiving it as flaky or people mm-hmm. perceiving it as like they start things, but they don't finish it. Did you have mm-hmm. self-judgment around that beforehand? And then did it allow that to change within you? Yeah, um, I did for sure. And I think that's the biggest conditioning for manifesting generators. Um, it's just like, you're supposed to do one thing and, and, you know, stick to it and go and finish it and all of that. And I didn't do that. Um, I was definitely a little bit more all over the place, but that's how we're designed to operate. So it's perfect. Um, But yeah, it definitely helped me judge myself less. I would still to be honest, I think the judgment still comes up here and there because it does take time to fully decondition, especially when it's so ingrained Mm -hmm. in us from like childhood and society and all of that. Um, Actually in human design, they say it takes seven years to decondition. So, I mean, I think even longer to be honest, but at least seven years. Um, But yeah, so it takes, it's a process. It takes time, but it definitely um, has helped. And I do embrace it more. Um, 
the judgment still comes up here and there, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I've learned that it is just a healthy thing for me to do. And it's a part of my process. So yeah, it has helped a lot. What is your profile type and your authority? Yes. So I'm a four one and I'm an emotional authority. Oh, yeah. you're a four one. You're the sweet four one. That's so rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's quite rare. I actually know quite a few people now that are four ones since I've yeah. been asking everyone for their, you know, date like time of birth, mostly because I have their dates. And, you know, I just looked up four one last night, not knowing you were a four one. So you're a four one emotional emotional manifesting generator. (laughs) Okay. Manifesting generator. So for people who are emotional manifesting generators, how would you talk to someone who just found out that they are an emotional manifesting generator? And you're saying, Hey, this is how you work with this emotional energy. It's trying to help guide you and make decisions and help, you know, in your best, highest, best interest. What would you say to someone who has an emotional authority and how you've worked with it to help give you guidance and clarity? Yeah, so that's a very interesting one. And I think that for me, developing and honoring and embracing the emotional authority more than anything has been Mm life-changing. So obviously, not just manifesting generators can have emotional authority. So if you do have emotional authority, this can apply to you regardless of your type. But I, I do think it's very, again, it gives you that, that kind of reassurance when you find out that you have an emotional authority and you're like, oh, okay, it makes sense why I tend to have these emotional waves. And this is something that I probably judged even more before before finding out, before learning to embrace it and all of that. But I would say as much as possible, and I know it's easier said than done, try to embrace it because that was that was the part I think I had the most resistance towards, but also the one that made more the most sense. Can you explain what it feels like to have an emotional wave and... Mm-hmm what you do in that process and what maybe what you used to do and you kind of wish you didn't, you you would have done differently sooner. Yeah. So one thing is that there are different types of emotional waves. (laughs) Um, So I can just speak from the one I have in, in my own experience, but it for me, it tends to kind of build up. And then at some point there's like, um, a crash or like a low. And I often it's related for me to like, it's kind of like small things that build up over time, whether it's like, um, especially with relationships, I think it kind of feeds that. Um, and then when I'm at the top, it's amazing. And when it's building, it's amazing. And I feel really good and inspired and excited and want to do all the things even more with being an MG, probably like, I'm like, let's do it all. And then when it crashes, when I'm in the low, so it used to be more intense, I think. And, um, because I've started to honor it, more and also observe it more I feel like it's a bit more neutral now so I can be in in the low and I can not make myself wrong because of it and just embrace the process and know that I need this time and it's just as valid and important and beautiful it can actually be beautiful as the high so I'm, I'm really and I have been developing this over at least a year now, I think, just honoring the highs and the lows. And um, what else do I want to sh- share about this? I think, yes, also there's a responsibility, I feel, being emotional, uh, an emotional being with an emotional authority, because people who don't have that center defined uh, will be like taking in and amplifying our emotions. So I think what has been important for me is to really honor that I need some time for myself, especially when I'm, you know, in that low phase 
and to maybe cancel some plans, take more time to rest, not feel guilty about it, and actually know that this is for the highest good of everyone involved. <laughs> like How my long own and everyone you say that yeah. lasts. So that can vary a lot. Um, I find that sometimes it's just like a day or two. And sometimes it can be a low that lasts a lot longer, mm-hmm. which is always harder because you never really know. There are some patterns and I feel like being a woman, it kind of sinks at some point to the cycle that I found. Oh, um, that's so funny. I just had that thought the last three yeah. days. Yeah. But I guess it'll be different for everyone. And like for me, especially, so now obviously I'm pregnant, so I don't have my, my periods. But um, uh, it's been interesting actually noticing a different pattern um, Mm. with that. But before I would say the low was definitely just before I got my period. And Mm -hmm. and my family at some point just kind of knew that that's how I operated, which is, it's interesting. And, and I think not knowing it before was a bit like, you know, like it's, it's just so much it's so much easier. It makes life so much easier to know these things and to be able to embrace it, honestly. So let's just give an example here. I'm like, Hey, Sarah, let's start a course together. You and I, we're just gonna, we're gonna take off and do this course on self-love. And you're like, yes, I love this. Um, would it be, is it predictable to know that you could be like, yeah, that feels good for me. Like it truly does light you up. You're listening to your authority. You're listening to, yeah. And it, and it brings you joy. And then is it predictable to say that all of a sudden you would have all these amazing ideas? We would play, we would have this brainstorming session. And then all of a sudden you could have a dip and you could all of a sudden have this low and be like, oh my gosh, this isn't going to work. Um, is this something that resonates? And then all of a sudden, like, two days later, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I do like this idea again. Is that kind of how that can work? Yes. And I love examples. So thank you for this. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's totally how it can work with the awareness of this. I wouldn't say yes, right away. I would say, um, this sounds really good right now. I will definitely need to at least sleep on it and take a few days to feel into it. And then I'll, I'll give you a yes or a no, depending, you know? Um, and, and then if, so then I would make a decision from a a calmer place because what can happen is that again, if I'm at the, like the top of my wave, I'll be like, yes, I'm all in and say yes right away, which is what you often do if you don't know much about human design Mm -hmm. or have an, an emotional authority. And, um, and then it's like, oh, but I didn't really think things through and, and it might, you know, lead to feeling not so sure about it the next day or in a week or something like that. So I would now say, yes, this sounds good right now in the sacral, which is true, but let me just give me a few days and I'll get back to you to see how I feel about it in a few Mm -hmm. days. And from more of that calm, neutral space, not a hundred percent sure ever with emotional authority like 80% ish, then I would say yes. And then that should not lead to too many dips. (laughs) So that's a good rule of thumb then for anyone who has like an emotional authority is just say, Hey, this feels good right now. Take your time, allow the wave to happen. Make sure you're around 80%. If it's an 80%, yes. If, or if it's less than 80%, you might want to be like, "Eh, I still need more time. Yeah, exactly. And, and letting people know about this. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of see a world where everyone kind of knows these things and can respect that and honor that for others. That'd be so good. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's the piece of the manifester that I have heard that manifesting generators also share is that piece around informing that manifesting generators often need to work on informing before they do something also. And Mm -hmm. can you speak to that and, and the reason why? So, yeah. So that's what I was kind of um, sharing in the beginning, right? So like having that 
need to inform, which is one school of thought, I guess, in human design. And mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. who are maybe more to, like, you know, aligned with the basics will say, no, only respond. So I've experimented with both um, the informing and the not informing and just responding kind of. And I will say that for me, it led to a bit more frustration to do both because it was like, okay, this is, I'm already waiting to respond. I'm already waiting out my emotional wave. If it's a big decision, if I also have to inform and all of those things, it's just too much. I need to move a bit faster once I, you know, have that, um, yes. And also waited out my emotional wave. So, yeah, but I, I would say, for if you're an MG, experiment with it. Try, okay. see, because we're also here to do that, right? To not have a linear path. See what feels right for you. Try it out if you want to inform. Um, do it and see how it feels. If you want to try to initiate, do it. And even if you are not a manifester or a manifesting generator, try it and see how that feels. And if it does lead to frustration or bitterness or whatever then that's also a cue that maybe mm-hmm. you should try another way <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah that's that's a good advice I have always felt that when we get a lot of rules to think about and to start to become aware of of it can bring us into our headspace yeah. so much So when we're like, okay, have have I informed? How did that feel? Have I done this? Like it can really take you out of the moment. And I, I understand why you need to cultivate that, cultivate that awareness and that practice of asking yourself, did I inform and how does this Mm -hmm. feel? I think that's important. So maybe to people who haven't followed human design much and are just experimenting with this, I think it would be useful to know it might feel like you're overthinking things right away but it will start to become more embodied if that makes sense would you agree with that like have you found yourself in your headspace too much and you're like oh man this just (laughs) that's not how this should work exactly and I think that's that's a really good point um because it can be like there's all this new um there's all this new world, right? With human design, if you're new to it, there's all these words and terms and definitions and things and rules and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's meant to be quite simple. And we can also try to keep it as simple as possible, especially for just beginning. So yes, it might feel that way and we can get in in our heads, but then just try to remember that it's meant to be lived and embodied. Like you said, over time, it gets easier for sure. Mm -hmm. So I guess a good rule of thumb would be to just like when in doubt, stick to your strategy and authority and that's it. And yeah. With all of the manifesting generators that you've worked with, because you work with manifesting generators in your business would you be able to distill like a common thread of um, what makes them feel stuck or what Mm -hmm. inhibits their progress or their growth? And this may apply to all the other types also. It's just that I do know you work mostly with manifesting generators. So what would you say kind of is a common thread that says, yeah. Oh, if I could just work with all MGs on this, it would help them tremendously. What would that be? Mm, I like that question. Um, I think I feel that it's definitely tuning into that sacral mm-hmm. and in the body, let's say the body even better because often we'll get stuck in the mind, which again, this is probably true for every type, everyone. Um, And coming back to the body is really where it's at. And to me, this is what human design is actually about. Um, So yeah. And then for manifesting generators, there's always going to be, there's only two types of possible authorities, sacral, so pure MG, or emotional. So then really for all of them, they have the sacral defined, right? So really tuning into that, listening to that, responding from that. 
And then if you do have an emotional authority, how do you do, how do you use both? Which is kind of what I do because I have both. So how do you use the sacral, especially for small things, for everyday things? And then how do you also listen to your wave and, and honor it and accept it and, and use it for big decisions and all that? So to answer your question in simple terms, I would say helping them get back into their bodies and really mm-hmm. listen. I would agree with that from the manifesting generators I have in my life. My husband is a manifesting generator and he is just in his head. And <laughs> when I discovered human design, they said, ask generators, manifesting generators, yes or no questions. Yeah. And they will actually experience like a, mm-hmm or a, uh-uh. like a yeah. feeling in their gut, that if it is meant for them or not meant for them. And I've noticed that is really true. It's harder for him to give words to a visualized idea than it is for him to just know in that moment, a yes or no. And that's completely opposite than me. I don't feel that way, but I would much rather stay in like a narrative form. So getting him into his body with yes or no questions has really helped me feel like I can connect with him. It actually cultivates greater connection between the two of us. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. great. I think that's great for relationships, for parenting. I've been doing some of that as well, helping some of my clients with um, parenting. And and often that's what it comes down to for uh, generator and manifesting generator children. But it applies to anyone, like adults as well, asking the yes or no question. Do you want this? Yes or no? This or that? That can also work. Mm. Um, For example, with food, that's a big thing. Like, what do you want to eat? I don't know, but if you give me options, like one or two options, like this or that, I'll say yes or no. And then we can move from there much better. Yeah, that's so true. So on the flip side of that question of what can help them when they're stuck, how would you describe a manifesting generator in the manifesting generators in your life who are in alignment and in flow? What is that symphony look like when you see these manifesting generators in your life just killing it yeah well I think there's a lot of creative energy there there's a lot of like innovation is also right like creating in their own way paving their own like path um not linear making their own rules and and definitely creating and there's this juicy energy to it And then there's also actually rest, phases of rest, which I think we all need, every type needs some rest, right? And and sometimes I think um, maybe a misconception for sacral beings, so generators and manifesting generators is that like, no, it's fine. You can just like go, go, go forever, which is not true. You actually need rest. And I... I see the the manifesting generators I look up to and admire and see are very much aligned. They definitely take some time to rest and honor that and be in like that kind of pleasure zone a bit, like, you know, taking time for self-care and things like that. So yeah, I think that kind of, it's honoring both, right? That creative fire and and forward movement. Mm -hmm. um, And then also just not doing anything and being, you know, enjoying taking care of yourself. That makes sense. In a traditional business setting where there's small group meetings and people are throwing ideas around, how would you see a manifesting generator best interacting in like a small group environment? That's a good question. Um, I'd say, I'd actually say waiting a little bit to hear what's up like what they, you know, listening actually, and then responding from what they hear, what they listen and giving their ideas from there. So I guess it's that uh, response, that sacral response. And I think it's waiting to hear what others are saying. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is what I've actually always done. So I'm not sure everyone would actually follow that, but I've always been the one who kind of sits back and 
listens and in class also, but at work as well in more traditional settings. And like, I hear this person's perspective or ideas and then this person and then, then from there, I'm like, ah, oh, this is what kind of, I can see clearly and I can give ideas and respond. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I was, <laughs> you can take it wherever you wanted to. You yeah. Know? I feel that manifesting generators have both these leadership qualities and also participant qualities. And mm-hmm. maybe that's the generator and the manifester, you know, combined mm-hmm. in, in just yeah. different terms. I've always felt like as a manifester, I always feel like the pressure really is on me to, mm-hmm. to kind of start and lead the meeting and kind of have it going. Also, I like to sit back like in a class setting and do what you mentioned, yeah. right? Like take it okay. in and then initiate from those observations. And it's what I'm feeling you're, you're also yeah. saying. Okay. Yeah. That's a common thread there. Yeah, for sure. It's actually something I prefer to do. And then the generator part, they can go like, that's the piece that I have almost like a, an envy for is generators ability to, to create or to keep going. Like my husband, when he, I just, I try to initiate him to, (laughs) Hey, we got cleaning. We got some cleaning to do today. We got some cleaning to do. And all of a sudden, you know, I will sit back in my room and maybe like clean the counter and I'll come out and like, everything is clean. It's just done. And I'm like, Oh my God, that was amazing. And then I have a little guilt around like just having organized one counter, but like, it's pretty incredible what he can do. Do you feel that's true for you is you can just like get stuff done when you're in that zone? Yeah, I guess that's the sacral. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of like, can go. Yeah, (laughs) You you have to be in the zone. You have to be like, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm like, I used to like, for example, organizing closets, like not the most fun thing to do for me, at least. I don't know. I know some people love it, but like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I know I need to organize this. I know I need to organize this. And then suddenly I get this, yes, it's time thing, like my sacral response. And then I'm like organizing everything and then it's done. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. But sometimes you have to wait for that to happen. So similar to the cleaning, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like manifesting generators, yeah, they take on so much more than a lot of people that I know and they, they can handle it. They can juggle it, Mm -hmm. which I always find to be like, I'm envious of what does it feel like for you to be around non-sacral beings? Um, it's a good question. I, I think, so my sister's a projector and I used to really like, we used to spend a lot, like a lot of time together and traveling and all of that. And it was amazing. I think what it feels like for me is very different to what it feels like for her, because I think she obviously can amplify that sacral energy, but then she will also need to like sleep a lot more. And sometimes it like, it crashes. So that's a good question, but I always liked being, um, and interacting with non-sacrals. I think it's really cool. So projectors, manifestors, not that I know that many. <laughs> yeah. Quite rare. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I love it. But I think it doesn't feel super different for me. It's more like they feel the sacral more. So it's nice to see them, I think, being in that energy. <laughs> it's nice it's to see like... them alive. <laughs> moving. <laughs> like, just yeah, like moving. Moving. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think it's also a little bit of a responsibility. Like I was saying with the emotional authority, like mm-hmm. I'm quite defined. I have like seven centers defined. Mm. Wow. So I feel like it's more and more that I'm, you know, diving into all of this and, and living by it. I feel even more of a responsibility to be in my alignment because if I'm not, then I know that can really impact others, not always in good ways. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Yeah. I feel like I need to have clear, clean energy before I go out in the world, kind of. I'm just like reflecting in my world now because my husband, he's got big energy. And when it's not clear and mm-hmm. taken care of, I want to, I want nothing to do with it, but it's not that I don't want anything to do with him. It's just kind of that, that energy that's on the outside of that. And I don't really always know what to do. You're not my therapist, so we don't need to. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't need to <laughs> like fix that. But um, yeah, so I, I relate to that is his energy will affect me more than my energy. Yeah. Although when I'm in flow, he says, you have this thing, like you have like a tunnel and mm. you're in this tunnel or you're not. And if I want into it, I either have to join everything you're doing or I am That's on the so outside of it. Manifester. Yeah. Um, can I ask you, do you have a lot of defined centers in your chart? So they say that the not self theme is when you're mm-hmm. not in alignment. And so when you're not living by your authority and by your design yeah. type, they say that for manifesting generators, that feeling is frustration. Mm-hmm. Is that a familiar feeling or was that kind of news to you when you found out that that's the not self theme? Can you speak to me a little bit about how that's shown up for you? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Again, I feel like it's something I definitely know very well frustration for sure (laughs) um now again when i when i discovered human design it was like 2018 so four years ago and then i let it sit for a bit and then i picked it back it was kind of my journey i guess typical mg stuff but i definitely (laughs) know frustration very well um and i i think that uh, not self is actually very helpful. It's a good indicator Mm -hmm. that we are maybe not in our alignment, like you said, or that we did something in a way that was not the best for us. So I think it's a good indicator. I think, again, like it's not something that we avoid. It's just something that can teach us, but I think it's helpful. So again, it's like befriending it and like, oh, I'm feeling frustrated now why? And maybe I did not respond. Maybe I didn't honor my emotional authority. Maybe I went too fast into this and that led to frustration. Maybe I'm doing something that's not lighting me up anymore. And so it's very helpful to know that. And again, it's if you're keeping things super simple and you're looking at strategy, authority, not self, and signature, which is the opposite of the not self. So for example, opposite of frustration is satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, that really helps. It's like, I see it like a barometer, like how satisfied am I today? Mm-hmm. How frustrated am I today? And that's kind of like giving you some nice indications of where mm-hmm. you're at. So if somebody experiences frustration, if you experience frustration, how would you, if you could systematize that, um, how would you kind of say, huh, I'm feeling frustrated. Then what do you do to help yourself kind of get back into alignment? If that could be put into some form of a, of a process or a system. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think I'll just give what I didn't, what I used to not do before. Mm-hmm what I did wrong before or something. <laughs> so before I would just like kind of feel frustrated and try to continue pushing through and continue pushing through, even knowing about human design. So I think there's knowing about it and then there's living more and more by it. And right. it's a choice, right? But I would continue pushing through and continue like doing the things that were leading to frustration, mm. not the good way for me. So when you were in frustration, you would just keep going, you would get almost further into frustration, or you would just keep repeating the same types of behaviors that would get you frustrated or both. Yeah, I think uh, maybe both. Okay. I think it's a spiral almost like when you're basically, I was living in my mind still, I think not in the body. So opposite what I was saying before that helps when you're stuck. And so I would just you know, try to, and they were, it wasn't like a, like full-time frustration, let's say it wasn't like that. It was like, it would, it would be probably repeating the same patterns that always led to frustration Okay, because I was more in my mind, I think. Um, now when I feel frustration these days, <laughs> which I do, um, I will often just know this is a, a sign for me to take a step back from whatever it is that's causing that frustration and reevaluate. So that could be done in many different ways. But I'll often try to give myself like a day off or um, afternoon off or 
do something completely different uh, from my usual daily routine. So I'll give you an example because it happened to me not long ago. I was stuck quarantined a little bit for 10 days. <laughs> um, and, um, and so I wasn't going out, I couldn't go out <laughs> anyway. And um, I was feeling that frustration. And I think I was a bit like, you know, there's always this tendency to push through and continue. So I was like, okay, this is, this is it. I'm not going to uh, give into this for much longer. So I gave myself um, time out, <laughs> like no phone for an afternoon. Mm. I think it was an afternoon. It wasn't a full day. So it's like realistic, right? four hours or something. I didn't check my phone, no Instagram, no nothing. And I took a bath. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do that afternoon. So it was okay. I didn't have like a full on schedule. Um, I took a bath and I listened to some music and I journaled and I did like a few things that, you know, I know helped me get back into flow. Mm. And then I was much better. And I kind of also obviously reflected on what was causing that frustration and, and decided that I wasn't going to be continuing that path, you know? So yeah. I guess it's small things that you can do and just building that awareness and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like a pattern interrupt. That's how I always yeah. say those words. Yeah. It's a pattern interrupt. You notice something's not working. Let's stop hitting our head against that same brick wall. Um, One thing I've observed with manifesting generators is that they seem to have to give themselves rules. Like I know anyone who has manifester in their auric type manifester or manifesting generator, they are not going to want to follow any (laughs) rules. I get that. But what I notice about manifesting generators different than manifestors is that they are like, really good at saying, okay, now I'm starting my water fast. Now I'm starting my, like they give themselves rules. Or like you said, for the next four hours, I'm not checking my phone. Like it's a thing. Have you noticed that? Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. I think it's kind of almost like a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which sounds, (laughs) I always try to look for different words and rules. So I usually say guidelines. I studied law, so I kind of like always went towards guidelines more. But I think for this one, I'll say challenge. Yeah. <laughs> like a challenge. Like if you can do this, this is good, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> no, but definitely having your own rules or making your own. I think that works. And I think we do need it because otherwise it really gets, can get a bit wild. So this definitely. is a fun question. If you had a whole island of manifesting generators, like let's say 500 manifesting (laughs) generators and that's all there are on this island. How do you think that would work? What do you think would happen? Ooh, (laughs) Uh, that's a good one. I think you'd probably like start seeing some little groups. I think you can't like just all stick together at some point. I think you'll have like I think it'll be a bit messy, to be honest. It'll be a bit messy, but there will be some groups, like maybe those like in charge of, I don't know, food <laughs> and those doing this and and then doing different things, but little groups, I would say, of MGs here and there. Actually, I think what would happen without anyone necessarily knowing it, but the similar profile lines would probably get together in groups. I think that's what would happen. That's interesting. Yeah. You'll have to like create from that one, you know, doing like the research, where's the food and all the things. (laughs) I feel Um, like the manifesting generators would be the most self-sustaining though, compared to if you put all projectors on an Island or all manifestors on an Island or all reflectors on. No, I just, think manifesting generators are the most like self-sustaining type probably yeah I guess maybe (laughs) maybe generators would do also oh yeah generators too yeah the sacral the sacral beings yeah Mm -hmm. I think it would would survive (laughs) manifestors would just take each other out I know about reflectors there wouldn't be that many there yeah and they would just probably like levitate up to the heavens yeah, I mean, they might just tend to all isolate. I wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you just had just yeah. those types together. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's a good question. I like it. It's fun. Thank you. (laughs) It's fun to think about. I haven't thought of it myself. It just came to me. So you are currently entering your third trimester of pregnancy with your first child, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And have you tried running the projected chart of your child? (laughs) Yes. I would be lying (laughs) if I said no. But the problem is that I have no idea. There's like, um, I mean, the due date is in August, but there's like, I'm not really attached to a due date or anything. And mm-hmm. I know that doesn't really always happen that way anyway, but it's sometimes sometime in August. So there's many different days. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole month. True. Are you hoping for a certain type? Um, at first I kind of was to be honest, I was like, because, because again, I'm so, I have a lot of defined centers and I'm like, mm. what if, you know, like it's too much and all of that. What, but what can I do? You know, mm. I think, I think um, we choose this yeah. on, our, on a soul level. We choose who we want to be and, and, and how, and, and all of this is already decided in a sense. Mm-hmm. So there's not much I can do about it. And I'll just trust. I think there's also part of conditioning that we can't stop like whether it's from the parents directly or society or Mm -hmm. trusting I think around I'm not sure is it around five where they kind of start like not losing (laughs) but losing that kind of innate wisdom in a sense and and conditioning kind of starts even more zero to three is really unique yeah. Right. Okay. You're totally in hypnosis the whole time. Zero to three. You're in hypnosis. There are acid tripping the whole dang time. <laughs> so you get to, oh, you know, shower them with love. So that's like <laughs> in their makeup at five, they, they shift in their conscious state. It starts to move oh, okay. a little bit. Okay. And then in seven, it really shifts into the prefrontal cortex. They're really starting to form that prefrontal cortex. And mm-hmm. so Freud talks about like that that shift into consciousness. And it's actually when you can start to see the, the breath move from lower, like the natural belly to higher. And it's, it's where stress and they're aware of their conditioning at age around seven. So that's Mm -hmm. usually where the stress response kicks in and then they start to breathe higher. So the more we can keep them into that dropped in belly state, the better. Mm, I'm glad Mm -hmm. I asked you. You will be entering this motherhood in this transition. And it's so beautiful. What advice would you give to other parents now that you've acquired all of this human design knowledge? And what advice would you give other parents to have children live in alignment? Mm. Thank you. Um, I don't know that I would be, you know, the best person to give parents advice, but from a human design perspective, I would just say, if you feel, you know, the call, um, just learning a few things about how your children, child, you know, how they operate and how different that can be from you. So obviously you have to know a little bit about yourself first, probably, and then know a little bit about your children. Mm -hmm. Um, That can make such a big difference. Like I've been, working with someone who has two sons and one is a projector, like a mental projector and very like, there's some challenges there, but knowing more about his chart has been so helpful. And I think that is in a way, the future of conscious parenting is knowing at least a little bit, the basics, you know, you don't have to go too deep, but just like the basics. And I think that just, helps so much with all relationships but for parenting I don't know let's see how it goes like I haven't you know (laughs) I haven't been through it yet so fair enough fair enough in a few years (laughs) yeah no fair enough the last question I want to ask you in regards to manifesting generators is if you could put up a billboard and it could be in every city just for manifesting generators and it had a message for them that could help them live in alignment, what would that message on the billboard be? Okay, so um, I will use the word rule, rules. So I think I'll say something like, I wrote this recently in a post. 
if you're going to follow rules, make sure they're your own. <laughs> I think I would put that. Yeah. Which would apply to manifestors too, I guess. <laughs> yes. I think that it would empower yeah. them. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I see that you have a variety of different offerings on your website. Can you speak to them in case people are interested in working with you? Yes, of course. So something that I actually embrace more is having more than just one offer. Being in a manifesting generator, it's been important to me. Um, that's just a side note. But um, I right now have, and that will change, <laughs> just so you know, that will change. Uh, I offer um, Cosmic Blueprint, which is the, I guess, the first kind of offer that if you're new to human design, it can be really helpful to have a written, um, basically a written reading of your chart. And you can keep that and refer back to it later. So that's the first one. Um, and then I right now am offering some human design readings, but there's a wait list for that at the moment. And there's probably going to be for a bit with maternity leave coming up soon. Um, and then I am working on some exciting new things as well that will be more like self-led that will come out hopefully soon. And then the last way, the most intimate way, and one of my favorites is one-on-one -on -one mentoring, coaching, however you want to call it. And this is usually like a six-month journey and we just really go deep. It's been in the past mostly business focused but everything is so connected it's like we look at the human design embodying that embodied leadership as well um, and really creating a life and a business that is unique to you and that works for you that's not like cookie cutter or put in a box or a label or anything like that but really that works with your energetics and of course there's a lot of healing work to do before that as well and we do it and I love it and for now there's a wait list for this for 2023 so that's a little bit of a summary <laughs> who wouldn't want that like I'm like yes handhold me <laughs> for the next six months and tell me what I need to do <laughs> No, figure it out with me. I know it's not you telling the people what to do. It's, it's yeah. a process. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I yeah, have really you. enjoyed connecting with you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. And I feel like we could go on. I know. Like it's dark here. I don't know if you noticed it got like so dark. It did. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Sarah. She has this beautiful way of grounding herself as she shares her insights and her reflections. And she's been doing this for so long that if we would have spoke with her three years ago, we would have probably gotten a whole different version of um, some of this information. So when somebody really invests and immerses themselves into a topic for so long, we get that wise reflection. And I think we got that from Sarah today. Definitely make sure to share this episode with another manifesting generator in your life if you found it to bring value to yours. And if you're feeling extra generous, go to Apple or Spotify and rate the show and make sure you're following the show. I really appreciate it. All right, that is it for today. Take care and I will talk with you next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope the School of Higher Consciousness helps fan that flame inside, bringing you closer in alignment to self. If you enjoyed this podcast or got you thinking a little differently, I would love if you reviewed the podcast or shared it with a friend. Any support helps right now as I journey into this newfound platform of podcasting and obviously giving it a five stars. I wish you ease and joy as you move through your day.